Hope is a powerful motivation for our humanity. Hope is what will inspire us to endure through pain. Hope is what gives us courage in the middle of suffering. Hope is what gives us joy in the middle of our sorrow. Hope is what keeps you and I believing. Hope is what fuels our faith. Hope is what truly stands out. And a faith-fueled hope, a, a, a faith fueled by hope, is what will stand out. And we're going to talk more about that in a moment. My name is Casey, and I want to thank um, our families for being here today, and I want to thank you for being here today. I want to thank, uh, the oppor- thank you for the opportunity I got to have to, to do the child dedication this morning. I love doing this as a pastor. If you're new with us, uh, we want you to know that we're all about wrapping our family around people at their point of pain and, and wrapping our families around other families. And we would love the opportunity to come alongside you in your journey of faith in this life that we live and in, in, in whatever uh, you need today, we, we're here for you. And as a gift, we have a gift, as a guest today, we have a gift for you. And we'd love to give you that gift if you're new with us. After today's service, uh, if you'll make your way uh, out of the, into the lobby, through the lobby, into our Welcome Center. A host will be there, and they'd love to give you a gift for being with us this morning. Also, for those of you that are watching online, we're so grateful to be with you wherever you are uh, today, and we're so grateful to share this time with you. If you're new with us online, they're posting a link to a Connect card. Please take a moment, click that link, and fill out that form, and we'd love to send you a gift for being with us today. Now, Westside, would you help me welcome everyone online and let those new with us in the room know how grateful we are to share this time with them? Yeah. So today we are landing the plane in the series we've been calling a Daniel generation. We've been surveying the book of Daniel, looking at the lives of Daniel, Azariah, Mishael, and Hananiah. Other, to- other, word- other times uh, we know them as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And we've been looking at their lives and what they model for us to end the series big idea, which is to live a faith that stands out in a culture shutting God out. To live a faith that stands out in a culture that shuts God out. And hope, hope is what makes our faith stand out. Not just faith or believing in something. See, it's not just that we believe in something that makes our faith stand out, because many people believe in something. But having a hope, it's the hope of what will happen because of what we believe. That's what makes our faith, the Christian faith, the faith in Christ, stand out in a culture that is resisting God and shutting God out. And dreams, dreams can inspire hope. Dreams can be a picture, a hope-filled picture. And, and when God inspires a dream, there's often a picture of hope when, and when we see it directly tied to God's kingdom. There's a common thread in Daniel and a common occurrence that happens throughout the book of Daniel And it's represented through some dreams. It's represented by the dreams of the kings that that are representing the king of Babylon and and the ruling kings of that day. And it's also represented, this thread is represented through the vision of the dream that Daniel also has. And today I want us to survey, I want us to look at these dreams and, and some of these dreams, not all of them, but I want us to look at some of them because they're really important about the hope that we have. Uh, really important in speaking to the hope that we have as Christ followers, as people who say God 
is our God. And so in this, I want to start with the first of the two dreams that Nebuchadnezzar has. Nebuchadnezzar is the king of Babylon, and Nebuchadnezzar, this king, this, this, this wicked king, he has two dreams. And here's, let me, allow me to summarize his first dream. There was a statue of a person in his first dream, and this statue of a person, this large statue of a person, was made of segments with different types of material. His head, the, the statue's head was made of pure gold. His he chest and his arms were made of silver. The belly and the thighs were made of bronze. The lower legs were made of iron, and the feet were made partially of iron, and the rest part clay. In this dream, a rock is formed supernaturally, not by human hands. And this rock comes in and smashes the, the, the statue and demolishes it down to dust. And then the wind blows that dust all away. The rock then that's there grows and enlarges, becomes this big mountain that fills the entire earth. This is Nebuchadnezzar's first dream. And in this, Daniel comes in and he interprets the dream. He identifies that each segment of the statue represents the kingdoms that are coming, the, the kingdoms of this world, starting with the current kingdom under the current king, King Nebuchadnezzar. And then it identifies with these deteriorating metals of value, the, the ongoing kingdoms, the subsequent kingdoms that will come after King Nebuchadnezzar. And this is what we read in chapter 2, verse 44. In the time of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom. You need to understand this because this is so important, not just to, to understand the book of Daniel, but this is so important about the understanding what God is doing. And he says, in the time of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed, nor will it be left to another people. It will crush all those kingdoms and bring them to an end, but it will itself endure forever. This is the meaning of the vision of the rock cut out of the mountain, but not by human hands. A rock that broke the iron, the bronze, the clay, the silver, and the gold to pieces. And you might be listening to this and heard what I just said. And you go, Casey, wait a second. You said this was a hope-filled dream. That doesn't sound so hopeful, does it? I mean, this doesn't really sound that hopeful of a dream. But here we do have a hope-filled dream. And we also have a devastating nightmare. Because that's what it is. It's, it's a hope-filled dream and a devastating nightmare. See, the hope in this dream is God's kingdom represented by that rock that eventually will fill the entire earth. And, and that rock will never be destroyed. This is the hope. And the devastating nightmare is that all other kingdoms will come to an end. And that's the important understanding. And if I could summarize, Dan, uh, summarize not Daniel, but King Nebuchadnezzar's first uh, vision or his first dream, and I would interpret, interpret this, this and give you the summary of this interpretation, I would say it this way. God's kingdom will one day humble all kingdoms. God's kingdom will one day humble all kingdoms. And this is hope. This is hope for those who are looking for God's kingdom to fill the earth. Because that hope now is secure. It's unshakable. And this is a nightmare for those who are looking to set up their own kingdom and to set themselves up against God. Unfortunately, King Nebuchadnezzar's pride 
gets the best of him, and he has the audacity, after this dream, after this vision he has, he has the audacity to build a statue, not just where the head is gold, but the entire idol. I mean, this is a massive idol. We talked about this 90 feet high, 9 feet wide. This massive idol, he makes it out of pure gold. And then he makes a call for all the people, including the Israelites, to bow down and worship this statue of gold. And this is when Nebuchadnezzar has his second dream. In this dream, it's instead of a statue, his dream is about now a beautiful and abundant tree that grows large and it grows strong and it touches the sky, King Nebuchadnezzar says. A command is given in the dream for it to be cut down. And and in this, the branches are to be cut off and the leaves are to be stripped off of those branches, leaving only the stump and its roots to remain. And last week, we saw that this dream spoke of King Nebuchadnezzar's very own pride. And leaving the stump and leaving the roots was a message of hope. This was a picture of hope. And we read in Daniel 6 that this is the interpretation. Verse 24, your majesty, this is what Daniel tells King Nebuchadnezzar. This is the decree the Most High has issued against my Lord the King. You will be driven away from people and live with the wild animals. You will eat grass like an ox and be drenched with the dew of heaven. Seven times will pass by for you until you acknowledge that the Most High is sovereign over all kingdoms on earth and gives them to anyone he wishes. So here Daniel says the nightmare is this, King Nebuchadnezzar. The nightmare is you will be humbled and become like a madman. You will live like a wild animal. You'll be a wild beast. And you will become like the wild beast because you do not submit to God's kingdom. In your pride, you will not put his kingdom first. But the hope is, King Nebuchadnezzar, if you repent, if you repent, King, God will not allow the madness to continue, but God will restore you and all that he had given you. And the king, we find out, does repent in that moment. He has his sanity restored, and God restores him to his place of authority in the kingdom. And Daniel, if I could summarize Daniel's, uh, Daniel's uh, summary of his interpretation of King Nebuchadnezzar's second dream, this is what I would summarize it as. Humbly come under God's kingdom or be humbled. Humbly come under God's kingdom or one day you too will be humbled. See, there is hope for those who humbly come under God's kingdom because there is hope in God's kingdom. And those who do not come under God's kingdom will be humbled. And one day, that will become a nightmare. And I say this weight, I know there's a lot of weight to that. I know this is a very difficult thing to hear. And I wish some of you could grab a hold of what Daniel is trying to communicate and what this not just meant for his generation, but what the book of Daniel and the message he's communicating means for all generations in our generation, in the next generation. And the main thing I want you to realize, that Daniel wants you to realize, is there is hope in God's kingdom. There is hope. 
And the next thing that we see, read about, recorded in the book of Daniel, the next dream is actually Daniel's dream. It's his dream. But right before Daniel's dream, there's an important text that, that, that we have to recognize and I have to, we have to go to. It's like a hinge that moves from the first half of Daniel into the second half of Daniel. And before his dream, which kind of starts his second half of the book of Daniel, there's this important text from King Darius. And what King Darius says, King Darius is the Persian ruler under the Persian Empire. That Israel is now under and exiled into the land in the, under the rule of Persia. And in this, what King Darius says after Daniel is lifted up out of the lion's den is so important to us. And this is what King Darius says. He wrote to all the nations and peoples of every language and all the earth. And Daniel will put this in his memoir that we now call the book of Daniel. He says this. He, this is King Darius, a secular king. May you prosper greatly. I issue a decree that in every part of my kingdom, people must fear and reverence the God of Daniel. For he is, and lean into this, he is the living God, and he endures forever. His kingdom will never, will not be destroyed. His dominion will never end. He rescues and he saves. He performs signs and wonders. In the heavens and on the earth, he has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. This is a turning point. This is a turning point for Israel after dozens of years being under the oppressive rule of the Babylonian Empire and now under the Persian Empire. This declaration is a declaration of hope. Hope because not of who Darius is, hope not because of who Daniel is, but hope because of who God is and the, what the kingdom of God has established. And the kingdom that God has established is that hope. And real quickly, I want to point out three things from Darius's decree that is really important that makes this a book for all peoples in all generations. First is this, the God of the Bible is the only living God. And you and I can trust this for one reason. The resurrection of Jesus. We talk about this often. The resurrection of Jesus is the reason that we have our faith in the God of the Bible. Because Jesus came and he acknowledged that he was the God of the Bible. He was the revelation, the full revelation of God to humanity. And because of his resurrection, we can recognize that the God of the Hebrews is the God Jesus reveals to us as the only true God. God is not dead because of the resurrection of Jesus proves that God is alive. And Jesus Christ's resurrection proves to you and I he is the only living God just as Darius's declaration was. And this is the hope for all people. The second thing is this. The kingdom of God is unmatched and unshakable. This is a hope for all people who are part of the kingdom of God. This is that you, when you're in the kingdom of God, when you're a part of the kingdom people of God, when you're a part of the holy people of God, because of what Christ's work is, not your own work, your faith in Christ, you're, you are secure in God's kingdom. The world around you may fall apart. The world around you may be crashing down. In fact, your life may be hard and miserable and may be full of suffering. But you have a hope in that one day when you leave this world, which we all will leave this world, our hope 
is that when we are with God, and because of what our faith in Christ is, we will be a part of God's unshakable, unmatched kingdom because it will never be conquered. It is unmatched. It will never be destroyed. It is unshakable, and therefore we are unshakable in it. And the last is this. God saves. God saves. God saves those who have faith in the hope of God's kingdom. God saves those who humbly submit to the kingdom of God. See, this is our hope. God saves. And you know what the nightmare is? The nightmare is when we trust in anything else or anyone else other than God to save us. The the nightmare is when we put any other kingdom ahead of God's. That's when the nightmare comes. But our hope is in that Jesus Christ is the king and he is the one who reveals to us that God saves and that his kingdom is unmatched and that God is the only living God. Now, in the book of Daniel, back to the book of Daniel, next thing we see is Daniel has a dream. Right after this declaration King Darius has, we turn the page, and here we see Daniel's dream. And this dream is wild, I mean literally wild. It it is made up of four beasts, and just to summarize the dream, this dream is a dream of four wild beasts, all with unique features distinguished from the other. These four beasts represent four rulers and their kingdoms. These four beasts also serve as a reminder to us, a subtle reminder that humanity, we become like wild beasts and we are capable of horrible acts when we are not submitted to God's kingdom. The fourth beast in Daniel's vision is more powerful than the other three beasts and the first three beasts in the the vision. And then God, who is called the Ancient of Days. I love this title, that that this vision that, that is pronounced in Daniel's dream that he records. That God, the Ancient of Days, the living God, takes the throne. And as God takes the throne, the fourth beast rises up and speaks proudfully and boastfully. And then God, the Ancient of Days, destroys the fourth beast. And then Daniel says, this is what happens next. And he shares with us the hope. Because in this dream, there is hope. He says, in my vision at night, I looked, and there before me was one like the Son of Man, coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the Ancient of Days and was led into his presence. He was given authority, glory, and sovereign power. I want you to underline those three different distinct attributes that he was given. He was given authority, glory, and sovereign power. And for those of you that might not understand this, this is Jesus. Jesus would come identify himself as the Son of Man. When he came into this world, he, he, gave, he acclaimed this title for himself, directly tying him to this vision that Daniel has where the Son of Man comes before God the Father, the Ancient of Days, and is given all authority, given all power, and given all dominion, and all glory is now in his possession. And all peoples, Daniel goes on to say, every, of every language worship him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away, and his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. The four great beasts are four great kings, are four kings that will rise from the earth. But look at this. But the holy people of the Most High 
will receive the kingdom and will possess it forever. Yes, forever and ever. Do you hear his hope building? He's, mess- he's giving a message of hope for these exiles who are suffering in a culture that is resisting God and they're oppressing them. And this is hope that the people of the Most High, the people of the Most High God, will receive the kingdom and possess it forever. And then in verse 27, he goes on to talk about this hope. Then the sovereignty, power, and greatness of all the kingdoms under heaven, look at this, will be handed over, will be given over to the holy people of the Most High. His kingdom will be an everlasting kingdom, and all rulers will worship and obey him. Now, the interpretation of these visions for for the future, and this is what it is, this is a a vision for the future. One day this will happen. It's been missing, it's been, it's been debated, and, and, and there's, the, the meaning of this, we really have no surety of what that meaning is. There's a lot of ambiguity, but there's something unambiguous in this that I want to help you see today. This dream is linked with Nebuchadnezzar's first dream. And here's what you need to know, what we need to know about the message and the interpretation of Daniel's dream. It's threefold. This interpretation is threefold. The first thing is this that we've got to recognize. Is all arrogant kingdoms will be destroyed. See the thread? And all of these, all arrogant kingdoms will be destroyed, and the kingdom of God will never end or be destroyed. We need to recognize this. See, this is a hope, and this is a nightmare. Again, this is a, a nightmare for any kingdom that tries to set itself up against God, and this is a hope for those who, of us who are part of the kingdom of God, the holy people of the kingdom of God, not made holy out of our own ability to be holy, but made holy from the righteousness that we've received from Jesus Christ. This is the hope for being a part of the kingdom of God. We will never be destroyed when we are a part of God's kingdom. The next part of this interpretation reveals that the true king has all authority, all power, and glory. That this is what you need to know about this. The true king is who has all the power, all authority, and all the glory. This is a hope, and this is a nightmare. This is a hope that the, that, that the Son of Man is a hope for all, that when our eyes are on the Son of Man and our faith is in Him, that He has all the authority, has all the power and all the glory. There is hope in Him having all that power and that glory. However, anyone who sees themselves as their own authority, anyone who abuses their power that they were given, and anyone who attempts to steal away from God's glory will face a nightmare. See, no one else will steal the glory that is God's because nothing else was created to steal God's glory. Nothing was created to steal God's glory. All things, including you and me, all humanity and all things were created to reflect God's glory. And the last thing is this. The kingdom of God, this is the hope, the kingdom of God will be enjoyed by all people by all God's people. The kingdom of God will be enjoyed by all God's people and they will be stewards of the kingdom of God. In verse 27, we read that God is going to hand over 
He's going to hand over all the kingdoms of this earth under heaven. He's going to turn it over. He's going to turn that authority over to us. He's going to delegate to his people, his holy people, the church. He's going to delegate his authority. He's going to delegate his power. He's going to delegate. He's going to put his greatness on his people. This is the hope that we have. This is the hope that we have as exiles in this world of exiles that we live. It's the same hope that Daniel got and he received. See, God is going to do this and, 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 just, and it's going to turn out just like God intended it to be at the beginning of all time. The beginning that we read in the Genesis narrative when humanity was created in the image of God. Humanity and everything was good and God's intended purpose at the beginning is going to be what is going to happen at the end because God's kingdom will come and it will fill the earth. See, humanity was not intended to abuse God's authority. Humanity was not created to abuse God's power and humanity was not created to steal away God's glory. Humanity was to steward all that they had been given and all that they were and what they were created to be for God and his purpose. See, humanity was created in God's image to reflect his glory. This was humanity's purpose and design. This is your purpose and design. This is every human being's purpose and design. And when you and I steward God's kingdom according to God's purpose with God's power the hope is we will enjoy God forever this is how we enjoy God forever see God's kingdom is to be enjoyed by God's people this is the goal this is the hope for humanity that we will enjoy God and his kingdom forever. This is the hope that the Son of Man, Jesus himself, who he claimed the title for himself, this is what he would come to do. Jesus came to restore access. He was, came to restore access to the kingdom of God because we had lost access to the kingdom of God in our sin. But Jesus came and he preached a message of good news, a message that was all about the kingdom of God because that's what his good news message was. And Jesus' message was a message of hope Message for hope for those who are hurting. It was a message of hope for those who are suffering. And his message was also a, a nightmare for those who would not trust in him. And I hope you understand what this message means for you. And Daniel, in his book, he has two more visions. The third vision is about two beasts from, or the second vision he has is about two beasts from the first dream. And they both represent, again, arrogant kingdoms whose rulers exalt themselves above God and then are destroyed by God. And this second vision, this second dream, is so disturbing to Daniel and confusing to Daniel that he wants wisdom and he, he tries to seek understanding and he just wears himself out trying to find the meaning for this. And so Daniel does something. And what Daniel does, we need to understand what he does. So verse 27 in chapter 8, he writes, I, Daniel, was worn out. I lay exhausted for several days. Then I got up and went about the king's business. I was appalled by the vision. It was beyond understanding. In the first year of Darius, son of Xerxes, a Mede by descent, who was made ruler over the Babylonian kingdom, 
in the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood from the scriptures according to the word of the Lord given to Jeremiah the prophet that the desolation of Jerusalem would last 70 years. So I turned to the Lord and pleaded with him in prayer and petition in fasting and in sackcloth and ashes. Here, Daniel, we see, turns to scripture. He opens the word of the Lord that came through the prophet Jeremiah. And then Daniel takes a posture of repentance. Because he knew his hope was in the kingdom of God. The hope for the world was in the kingdom of God. Daniel then prays, and if you were to go on and read this, he would pray and he would recite the covenant that God made with Israel. He would call upon the law of God to be, be the law that Israel would, would, would remember, the law that came through Moses. And we call all this our Old Testament. This is why the Old Testament was so, is, is so important to our faith. It informs our faith that we have today. He recounts the law that God gave through Moses and the story. He recounts the story of God delivering Egypt from their delivering Israel from the oppressive Egyptian rule. And then Daniel, <laughs> Daniel, he, we see that he believed that God had a covenant with a people because God has a covenant people. And God has a people and a plan to glorify his name through all the earth. See, God's people are God's plan to glorify God's name through all the earth. Let me say that again. It's God's people we, the people of God, the church, the holy people, not in our own ability or our own righteousness, but in his power, under his authority, all for his glory, we are God's plan to glorify God's name in all the earth. This is a truth found all through scripture. And Daniel found hope in the word of the Lord. And he was guided and directed by the word of God. See, Daniel turned to Scripture for hope and to guide his beliefs and actions. When Daniel could have turned anywhere else, he doesn't turn to the, all the Babylonian resources that were available or all the Persian resources that were available to him. He turns to the Scripture, which was the word of the Most High God. And he returns to God's word to gain insight. And there he finds understanding. And in that, Daniel finds hope. Hope that God would be faithful to his purpose and God would be faithful to establish his kingdom. Hope that God would be faithful to his people who put him first and who are faithful to his word. And that's the big idea for today's teaching. See, a Daniel generation has hope because it seeks first the God's kingdom. It seeks first God's kingdom and it does it by remaining faithful to God's word. A Daniel generation stands out because a Daniel generation has hope. A Daniel generation um, finds hope by seeking first the kingdom of God and remaining faithful to God's word. Now there's something in the book of Daniel that is represented all throughout scripture and we need to recognize this. We need to understand this. Humans are wicked when they don't keep God's kingdom first. And for some of us, we want to resist that because we don't want to identify ourselves as evil. 
We don't want to identify ourselves as wicked. But humans are wicked and evil when we abuse our authority and don't submit to God's authority. Humans are evil when we abuse our power and don't steward our power for God's kingdom. And humans are evil when we steal God's glory and try to make an image of ourselves. When we live for only ourselves, we are evil. See, humans become wicked when we rebel against God's authority and we make ourselves God. We set up our kingdom. It's what we want. It's about what my authority and I can do whatever I want with what I have. And it's about my power and my abilities. And it's about my fame. It's about my recognition. It's about my life instead of stewarding all that I have and all that I've been given for the kingdom of God. See, it's a sin to not keep God's kingdom first in our life. And one day God will confront wicked ones and he will confront the wicked one, Satan himself. And one day, when our life is over, for those who have put their faith in Christ, trusting in Jesus as their Savior and Lord, God will save us completely. We are saved now by our faith, and one day that salvation will be fully given to all who put their trust in Jesus and follow him as Lord. And he will rescue those people forever, and that rescue will be secure. See, there is hope. See, God's kingdom is an inheritance to those who are faithful to God and his word. God's kingdom is your hope. God's kingdom is my hope. It's what sets your and my broken world back in order. And when the brokenness of our life is so painful and overwhelming, we have a hope in a future kingdom that God one day, when we pass from this life, we will have life forever with God and our joy then will be forever because of our hope in his kingdom. And God's kingdom is our hope. So I'm gonna ask you today, will God's kingdom be your hope? Or will God's kingdom be your nightmare? Jesus would come and he would reveal himself as the son of man, preaching the good news of the kingdom of God, and he would teach things like this because there's so much hope in the kingdom of God. He would say things like this, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life. And he would go on to tell them about the things they shouldn't worry about, the things that they would try to do, protect themselves and provide for themselves because they think they have the power within themselves. And Jesus would say that they are more important, that every human being, you are more important than even the birds of this air that he cares for and makes sure they have their food for today. And he said, you're more valuable than they are. Don't worry about your life. You're more valuable. But seek first the kingdom of God. But keep, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things that you're worried about in life 
will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. The King of Kings would look at you and say, I came into this world so you could have a hope and not live a nightmare. Trust me. Trust me. Don't live for yourself. Don't live for your kingdom and don't try to take the things that I've given you and, and abuse it for your power and your authority. Don't do that. Because that'll put you outside my kingdom. But there's hope. There's hope and you don't have to worry about the things that you're worried about. Because when you seek first my kingdom, you seek first my righteousness, you follow me. I'll take care of you. Because there's hope in my kingdom. And those who are remain hope, remain, remain faithful to God, God's word because of their hope. That's what we do. And there's hope that this is the hope that we live by. This is the hope by which my faith stands. And I hope that this is the hope that we, by which your faith stands. And this is the hope that we want the next generation to stand on. And because of this hope, we live a faith that stands out in a culture. God out. And I don't know where you're at today, but this is how I want us to end. I want us to end just with a moment that you can do what you need to do. For some of you, you need to make a commitment to remain faithful to his kingdom first in your life. And for some of us, there might be a reordering that needs to take place right now. Because You've abused your authority. You've abused your power. And you've made life more about you than you've made it about his kingdom. And he's given you a gentle reminder today. Put me first. So as they play, will you just pause and bow your head and however you need to respond today, will you do so? Will you do so? For some of you, you may need to put your faith in Christ for the first time today. You've never trusted in God as a living God and you've been living your life as if you're God. And today, you need to abandon that and you need to submit to Jesus as your authority and trust in his resurrection and what that means for you. And what that means for you is that you will never be righteous in your own efforts, but through Christ's righteousness alone and receiving him, you are made right with God. He's forgiven you of all the sins that you would ever commit, all the evil and wickedness that's in your heart and we can harbor. He can wipe that all away as soon as you trust in him and receive him as your savior and commit to follow him as your Lord. There's some here today that you are a Christ follower. You say Jesus is your savior and your Lord, but you haven't been living like it is. You've allowed other kingdoms, even your own kingdom, to step into a place of priority and you need to realign your life with him. Will you just take a moment